if you have your Bibles, amen, let's go ahead and turn to the book of Philippians this morning. Philippians in chapter 2. Philippians in chapter 2 this morning. Philippians chapter 2, and I want to look at this powerful scripture, group of scriptures here today. Philippians in chapter 2. And we're going to start. verse 1 Philippians chapter 2 and verse 1 and I've been speaking on servanthood and we've been speaking about a series concerning that and I want to continue in that vein this morning as we begin to develop the heart the focus of a servant of Christ You know, when I had shared and mentioned the verse of Scripture, as we are there at that judgment seat of Christ, on that day, amen, at that beam of judgment, and we look to hear those words, well done, good and faithful servant. Well done, good and faithful servant. You know, and those, of course, those words, well done, stick out to us. That word faithful sticks out to us. And that word servant needs to stick out to us. Because that's what we are. God saved us for more than just eternal life even though that in itself is so worth it but he saved us so that we could be servants of the Lord and so I want to share with you but let's go ahead and go to verse 1 if you have it say amen verse 1 reads therefore if there is any encouragement in Christ if there is any consolation of love if there is any fellowship of the spirit if any affection and compassion make my joy complete by being of the same mind maintaining the same love united in spirit intent on one purpose now let's look at verse 3 right here. He goes to say, Do nothing from selfish or empty conceit, but with humility, somebody say humility, but with humility of mind, regard one another as more important than yourselves. See, those are some powerful words right there. 
do nothing from selfishness or empty conceit, but with humility of mind, regard one another as more important than yourselves. Go to the next verse. Do not merely look out for your own personal interests, but also for the interest of others. Now I'm going to be talking to you about servanthood. I'm going to be talking to you about the attitude of a servant. Amen. And this is what we begin to see here in this scripture. Do not merely look out for your own interest. You know, that's what the world does. Focused on my own interest. My own finances. My own uh, raise. My own uh, promotion. My own children. My own life. Go back to the scripture, son. So do not look, merely look out for your own personal interest, but also for the interest of others. Next verse. Have this attitude. Somebody say, have this attitude. Have this attitude in yourself, which was also in Christ. In other words, this is the attitude that you and I have to have. This is the mindset that you have and I have to have in order to be effective and be everything that God has called us to be. We have to be not only concerned with ourselves, but we have to be concerned with others. And we have to be, think of them as more important than ourselves. He says, have this attitude in yourself, which was also in Christ. Go on. Next verse. who although he existed in the form of God now here we are we're looking at amen Jesus he came amen to this earth he took on the form of a man he was fully man and he was fully God it's known as kenosis who although he existed in the form of God did not regard equality with God a thing to be grasped next verse but emptied himself, taking the form of a bondservant and being made in the likeness of men. Now, here we are, guys. The King of kings and the Lord of lords. He came to this earth. He was fully God and fully man. Amen. But look at the attitude that he took. He emptied himself, first of all, and he took on the form of a bondservant. We're talking about the King of kings. We're talking about the almighty God, God in the flesh, Emmanuel. He took on the form of a bondservant and being made in the likeness of men. Next verse. Being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself. He did what? He humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on the cross. Let's go to the Lord in prayer, amen. Dear Heavenly Father, we come before you today in the name of Jesus. And Father, we just thank you, God, for this morning. We thank you for this service. We ask you, Lord, to speak to our hearts today in the name of Jesus. Help us to be everything that you have called us to be today, Father. And help me to preach a word, God, that will help your people to carry out and be, Lord God, the men and women of God that we need to be. 
Father, I thank you today, Jesus. I thank you, Father, for your Holy Spirit. I thank you for your anointing. I thank you, Father, for your life-changing power. I thank you for what you're doing in the hearts of these men and women. And I thank you for what's to come in this next season. Father, remove all distractions right now in the name of Jesus, God. Let us focus in on your word so it will fall on good ground in our hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. Give the Lord a hand, praise, amen. Praise God. So here we are, we're looking at this series on servanthood, and we've covered quite a bit of good ground, and last Wednesday, Brother Zachariah had spoke about commitment, and how important it is to have commitment in order to be effective as a servant of the Lord. You've got to be committed, you've got to be committed to the work, you've got to be committed to the Lord. You've got to be committed to the place that God's called you. You've got to be committed to people. You've got to be committed, amen. It takes commitment in order to be an effective servant of God. It takes commitment in order to be a a child of God. You've got to be committed, amen, to live this life of Christianity out. But through that commitment, amen, There's some things that are really crucial that I want to touch on here this morning. Amen. And and I want to talk to you about the attitude of a servant. And I want to talk to you a little bit about teamwork as well. Because first of all, in order for us to make the greatest impact, in order for us to be the most effective in the work that God has called us to in our lives, number one, it's going to begin to take us having the right attitude. And number two, it's going to begin to take us having some teamwork. We have to have the right attitude and we have to have teamwork. And so I want to touch on those two things here. And and that scripture that we begin to read there in the book of Philippians in chapter 2, they begin to use the words right there about an attitude that we are called to have. See, there was an attitude right there that Jesus had which allowed him to walk in humility, even though he, amen, is the God, amen, of the universe. It took a certain attitude for him to be able to come here and humble himself, knowing that he has all power, knowing that he is, amen, capable of of calling upon all the angels, amen, to come and carry out what he needs to right there with one word. There was an attitude that he began to take on, and that attitude, amen, was the attitude of a bondservant. A bondservant, and we know that Jesus came here, amen, to do the will of his father and to speak what his father would have for him to speak. We know that he came here, amen, from from heaven to a fallen world, to a sinful world, amen, where the very people that he was going to be laying down his life for were the very ones that were going to reject him or the very ones that were going to persecute him or the very ones that may be speaking against him. Are y'all with me today? But he had this attitude, 
And through this attitude, he was able to accomplish, amen, more than we could begin to even imagine. More than even that meets the eye, amen. And so I want to talk to you a little bit today about an attitude, the attitude of a servant. And I want to talk to you a little bit about teamwork you know, one thing that we've got to begin to realize is that the main uh, attack of the enemy in the house of God is his goal is to begin to create division in the house of God. The only reason that the, the, that the men and women in the book of Acts were able to accomplish what they were able to accomplish is because they were unified. They were on one mind. They were on one heart. Amen. They were focused. Amen. For one purpose. And that was that to, to reach the world with the gospel of Jesus Christ. And they were unified with that purpose. They were unified with that heart, with that vision. And so the enemy knows that. And so he works real hard in order to create division. Amen. And one thing that he will begin to do to divide his church. Amen. Is he will begin to come. Amen. And begin to create people to have offenses in their life. To begin to have offenses in their heart. And I'm going to tell you this right here. One of the main reasons that people actually leave the church is because they've been offended in one way or another. And he knows if he can get you out of the house of God. If he can get you separated from the people of God where God has called you. Then you won't be effective in the way that God has called you to be effective. You know, in just a little while, we're going to begin to take of the Lord's Supper. We're going to take of communion. And when we take of that, it's important that we take of that in the right way. It's important that we take of that with a pure heart. It's important that we take of that by examining ourselves, amen, making sure there's no unforgiveness, making sure there's no unrepentant sin, amen, and making sure that we can come and lay it at the feet of Jesus, amen, ask for forgiveness, and walk in the freedom that God's called us to walk in. But a lot of times people leave the church because they have been offended. And instead of dealing with what was said or what was done, they begin to harbor something called bitterness. And unforgiveness begins to set in. And what begins to happen is they leave the church. See, if the enemy can get you to begin to hold on to some resentment... If the enemy can get you to begin to harbor some unforgiveness, if the enemy can get you to begin to have some kind of offense that, amen, to where you're not willing to deal with it, then he knows he can begin to move you right up out of the will of God for your life. And I'm here to tell you today that God's got a purpose for your life and he's got a place for you to serve, amen, and begin to impact eternity in this kingdom, amen, through your life. See, we're preparing for this next season. We're preparing for this next level. We're preparing for what God is going to do. We're preparing for the harvest, amen, to come. The Bible says, amen, that the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Pray to the Lord of the harvest to bring the laborers. And 
And sometimes if the enemy can get you out of line where he wants, God wants you to labor, he can hinder the work of God. Somebody say, don't carry around offenses. Somebody say, walk in forgiveness. You know, you're not in a perfect church, and I don't know that you're going to find a perfect church, and if you find it, you let me know. Amen? And I know you all have heard this before, but once you get in there and you go into that church, it's not going to be perfect no more. Amen? I don't know any perfect people or any perfect place. The only perfect place I know is where God has placed you. Amen? That's the perfect place, the will of God for your life. Amen? The perfect, good, and pleasing will of God. But you're still going to deal with challenges. You're still going to deal with uh, people offending you and hurting your feelings and all this and that. And we've got to learn to begin to be people, amen, that learn how to forgive, learn how to deal with situations. A lot of times we don't want to deal with anything. We don't like any kind of... uh, I want to share with you real quick because offenses is a trap that Satan uses... First of all, to divide his church and also to hinder the church and the cause division in the body. And I'm going to share this example. I'm going to share an example of a monkey real quick. There's a monkey that's in this trap, okay? And a monkey trap is actually a box with a hole in it big enough for the monkey to stick his hand in it. Okay? So here he is. He got a box. There's a hole in the box. The monkey is able to stick his hand down in this box. And inside that box, guess what's in there? Some bananas. And so the monkey grabs a hold of the banana. And he tries to pull his hand out. But he can't because his fist closed. Amen. And his hand is too big. To pull his hand out of the hole. So here he is. He has a hold of these bananas in this box. Amen. There's a hole big enough for his hand to fit. His his hand goes in. He grabs a hold of the bananas. Amen. But now he can't pull his hand back out because he's got those bananas in his hand. He's got his hand closed. God is good. Amen. Amen. And because his fist is closed, his hand is too big to pull it out. And I want to share this with you for a minute because the person, amen, who set up the trap then comes and and he beats the monkey on the head. And all the monkey had to do to get loose was to let the banana go and to pull out his hand. And a lot of times people... A lot of times people who backslide is because of offenses and they're like these monkeys. And they reach into the devil's cage and they take his bait of offenses and they refuse to let those offenses go. And so the devil starts hitting them over the head, amen, with all kinds of things like sickness and strife and marriage problems and family problems and financial problems, amen. And the, the, and the devil starts destroying them with bitterness and unforgiveness. And they're stuck in that box. They're stuck in that spot, amen, because they won't let go of those offenses. 
and they can't get their hand out. Are y'all with me today? And so one of the reasons why forgiveness is such a high command from God is because 2,000 years ago, he died for everybody's sins. And we should forgive, amen, because he forgave us. Now, I want to share with you, in order for you to be an effective servant of the Lord, in order for you to be able to be effective in teamwork in the house of God, you've got to be able to release, amen, some offenses in your life. If somebody rubs you the wrong way or they, amen, do something to hurt you, amen. See, we don't like to work through anything these days. We don't like to deal with any kind of uh, opposition or deal with any kind of, amen, conflict in our lives and what happens is we begin to uh, we, 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 we begin to stay away from all that and, and as a result we don't we're not, we're not able to work through what we need to work through are y'all with me today God is good amen somebody say we need teamwork the next thing is you need to use your talents and your abilities that God has given you I'm going to share with you real quick out of Matthew chapter 25. Some of you got so much talent and so many abilities. Amen. And God's given them to you for the purpose of advancing his kingdom. Amen. Verse 25 and, and 13. He says, be on the alert then. Can you pull that up for me, son? For you do not know the day nor the hour. For it is just like a man about to go on a journey who called his own slaves and entrusted his possessions to them. To one he gave five talents, to another two, and to another one, and according to his own ability. And he went on this journey, and immediately the one who had received the five talents went and traded with them and gained five more talents. And in the same manner, the one who had received the two talents gained two more but he who received the one talent went away and dug a hole in the ground and hid his master's money. Now, here we are. Jesus uses money to illustrate talents and abilities. Amen. But the talents and abilities that God gives us is to help and to work with people. And we use our talents and abilities here inside the church. Amen as well as outside in the community. And everybody has received a special gift or a gift from God. And each one of us is accountable for our gifts and our callings. Amen. Not somebody else's. You're not accountable for your neighbors, but you are accountable for your own. And as we look here, the man who buried his talents was actually called a wicked, lazy slave. See, I want to share something with you because ministry is a team. And it takes teamwork to build a ministry. Can I get a, a rag? There should be one in my bag. The next thing I want to share with you is this. Know that you are important and needed. Somebody say, I'm important. And I'm needed. Somebody say, I'm important. And I'm needed. In order to impact this whole world, 
going to take a team. Are y'all with me? You know, I like how Jesus sets the example. You know, he, he was working with the 12 disciples. He was creating a team. A team of men that were going to impact this, this world. Amen. A team that was going to turn this world upside down. I'm going to share with you real quick out of uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 12. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Starting in verse 12. Thank you. First Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 12. Let's look. We'll read through. He says, for even as the body is one and yet has many members, and all the members of the body Though they are many, are one body. So also is Christ. For by one spirit, we were all baptized into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, whether slaves or free. And we were all made to drink of one spirit. For the body is not one member. Somebody say it's not one member. In other words, it's not a one-man show. For the body is not one member, but many. If the foot says, because I am not a hand, I am not a part of the body, it is not for this reason any the less a part of the body. And if the ear says, because I am not an ear, I am not a part of the body, it is not for this reason any the less a part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the hearing be? If the whole were hearing, where would the sense of smell be? But now God has placed the members. Now I want you to realize something real quick. I'm going to stop there for just a moment. If you're here today, God has placed you here for a very purpose. But now God has placed the members, each one of them, in the body. Look at this. Just as he desired. Now I want you all to realize this because it's going to take some teamwork in order to accomplish what it is that God's wanting to accomplish. If we really truly want to impact this community, it's going to take some teamwork. If we truly want to impact this nation, it's going to take some teamwork. If we really are going to impact this world for Jesus Christ, it's going to take some teamwork. And first, we've got to realize that God, amen, placed the people that are here. You know, I've always said this. You don't have to always like everything about them, but you need to love them. And you need to know that they're here for a purpose and a reason and that God is wanting to do something through their life. See, I want you to realize this today because everybody has a place in the body of Christ. Everybody has a place in the kingdom of God. And God has given you some talents, and he's given you some abilities, and he's given you some gifting, and he's given you some, some things that you're anointed to do. Some things that he wants you to carry out just as he desires. Come on now, go to the next verse. And if they were all one member, where would the body be? 
But now there are many members, but one body. And the eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you. Look at that right there. I don't know if you've told anybody, looked at them and said that they're, I don't have, they're useless. God's got a purpose for them. The question is, are we praying and seeking God to see what that purpose is? Next verse. On the contrary, it is much truer that the member of the body, which seems to be weaker, are necessary. Hello? And on the contrary, all right, son. Where am I at? I'm already seeing blurry. On the contrary, it is much truer that the members of the body, which seem to be weaker, are necessary. Amen. Praise God. We need, somebody need to hear that again. And those members of the body, which we deem less honorable, on these we bestow more abundant honor. And our less presentable members become much more presentable. Look at that. Hello. God's got a plan for their life, if you only knew. He's got something great that he wants to do through their life. There's some people that he wants to reach through their life that you're not capable of reaching. And those members of the body which we deem less honorable, on these we bestow more abundant honor, and our less presentable members become more, more presentable. Next verse. Whereas our more presentable members have no need of it. But God has so composed the body, giving more abundant honor to that member which lacked next so that there may be no division in the body hello we, i was preaching the other day about servants not superstars hello but that the members may have the same care for one another he does this so that there's no division and if one member suffers look at this all members suffer with it. If there's one person that's suffering in the body of Christ, we're all suffering. If one member is honored, all the members rejoice with it. Next verse. Now you are Christ's body and individually members of it all. And I'm going to tell you the devil uses people to make you feel that way sometimes, amen? But you need to understand that there's some things that you do better than your neighbor. And there's some things that your neighbor does better than you. Right there in verse 18 it says, but now God has placed the members, each one of them in the body just as he desired. See, God's not going to force himself on you. He gives you the right to choose. Are y'all with me? But if we want to see a great shaking and a great moving of the Holy Spirit, and I don't know about you, but that's something that I want to see, amen, there's going to have to be unity in the body. And these people were in agreement and believed those in the book of Acts. God is good, amen. I'm going to go to my next point. See, I was talking about teamwork a little bit there, but I want to talk to you about having the right attitude for just a moment. 
And I'm going to tell you this, if you're going to be effective and you're going to, amen, have the right attitude, if you're going to be a servant of the Lord in the house of God, you're going to have to be willing to do whatever is asked of you. You've got to be willing to do whatever's asked, amen? And we all must develop this in our hearts and this attitude when we work for the kingdom of God. Are you all with me today? We need to learn to work with what we have. And I'm going to tell you this, what's on the inside of you is more important than what's on the outside. And if you are going to be people who come and ask where they can help, Amen. Those are usually the ones that God will begin to use. If you want to be used by God, maybe you need to be willing to do whatever is asked of you. God is good, amen. Not only that, but you need to be thankful for where you're at. We should always be thankful for the place where God has us. A lot of times we want things to change, but we have to learn to trust and wait on God. Amen. And we got to be thankful in the good times and we've got to be thankful. Amen. In the difficult times, you know, Paul talks about being thankful in everything. Amen. And it's usually in the difficult times that how many of y'all know people actually end up bailing out. When things are not going their way. Amen. When they don't see things the way that they would like to see them. But how many of y'all know it takes us beginning to have an attitude of thankfulness in order to have the victory in these areas? Somebody say, I, I got the victory. And we also have to have a servant's heart. And I'm going to read to you real quick out of Luke chapter 22. And I'm about to close. Luke chapter 22. In verse 25. Somebody say you got to have the right attitude. Let's look at verse 25. And he said to them, the kings of the Gentiles, Lord it over them. And those who have authority over them are called. Can I get the worship team to come forward? Benefactors. But it is not this way with you. But the one who is the greatest among you must become like the youngest. Now, we know, are you all familiar with the scripture that says the first will be last and the last will be first? I want you to look because he kind of elaborates on it a little bit here. But it is not this way with you, but the one who is the greatest among you must become like the youngest. And the leader like the servant. For who is greater Somebody say, who is, who is greater? The one who reclines at the table or the one who serves? Come on, y'all got to grab a hold of that today. The one that reclines at the table or the one who serves? Who is greater? 
He said, you've got to become like the ones that are younger. I remember when I was young in the Lord, I was willing to do whatever was asked of me. I was so grateful for what God had done in my life. I was so excited about the Holy Spirit in my life. Amen. I was willing. I had a thankfulness in me. Amen. I had a heart. Amen. To serve. Amen. And sometimes we get to a point where we think we've arrived. Or we think everybody should serve us. But Jesus, this is Jesus' words right here. It's specific. Amen. He says, for who is greater, the one who reclines at the table or the one who serves? Is it the one that says, you need to wait on me? Or is it the one that's willing to humble himself and wait on others? Jesus didn't say, hey, y'all all better wait on me. You know what I'm saying? Now, the, the disciples were grateful. They were thankful, so they would go. They would take care of Jesus. They would, you know what I mean? Is it not the one who reclines at the table? But I am among you as the one who serves. This is Jesus. You are those who have stood by me in my trials. And just as my father has granted me a kingdom, I grant you that you may eat and drink at my table in my kingdom. And you will sit on thrones judging the 12 tribes of Israel. God is good. Amen. See, Jesus had a heart of a servant's heart. I, I want you to realize something, saints. We don't ever graduate from being a servant. You don't graduate. You don't arrive. Amen. I want us to get that in our spirit. I want us to really grab a hold of that. You know, I, I don't know if y'all are familiar with Elisha and Eli Elijah, right? Elisha, the son of Shahat, amen. Was a servant to Elijah. And he did the cooking and he kept the house and he did whatever else was needed. And, and Elisha had a servant's heart, amen. He would actually take and pour the water on Elijah's hands. You know, another one is David. David had a servant's heart. He was a servant, amen. He was a servant watching over his father's flock. And we have to think about, well, what is our flock? Maybe it's the nursery. Maybe it's children's church. What is it that you're involved in? Your flock is your area of responsibility. And I want to share this with you right now. If you prove, amen, yourself in those areas, hello. How many of y'all know God will begin to promote you in other areas? But if you're not even willing to serve in those areas, how's God going to promote you? God's looking for servants, those that will lay down their life. Those that will take on, amen, a bond servant. Those that are willing to do whatever it takes, amen, whatever is needed. Those that are willing to use their gifts and their talents and their abilities, amen. Those, amen, who aren't waiting to, amen, be served, but they are ready to serve. Those who are uh, confident enough in who they are, amen, 
to be able to subject themselves to others as a servant. And he said, those are the ones. That's who will be first. That's who will be greatest. That's who will be exalted. That's who will be, amen, lifted up. That's who will be used. God is good, amen. And we've got to be big enough to be able to be rebuked and corrected sometimes. And why do we need correction? Well, because we're humans and we make mistakes, right? And if you want to mature, you've got to remain teachable. Because through rebuke and correction comes instruction and teaching. And if you're rebuked, learn to take it and don't hold a grudge. Amen. A lot of people don't like being confronted. They always, amen, they're always right. And it's always somebody else's fault. And, and you might ask, well, what do you do with people like this? Well, sometimes you stay away from them and watch what happens. Amen. Because they're never going to fulfill God's will. Because they won't admit their mistakes. We got to learn to look at our faults and our, we've got to judge ourselves, amen. And if we refuse to judge ourselves, then we're going to face judgment on the sin that we commit. I'm going to tell you right now, saints, there's no growth without pruning. You got to place yourself around somebody that you can be accountable to. Somebody that can help you to grow. Come on, stand to your feet this morning. Somebody that can help you, amen. Be effective. Somebody that can tell you the truth even when it hurts and you receive it. Because why? Because you want to better yourself. Because you want to be more effective. Jesus didn't come as a bondservant and then tell his father how he was going to be willing to serve. I know that when he was in the Garden of Gethsemane, he did ask him, he said, Father, if you can let this cup pass from me, please do. Otherwise, thy will be done. But he wasn't telling him, you know what, I'll do this. I won't do that. I'll serve in this way, but I'm not going to serve there. I'm willing to come here because it's my day off but I'm not willing to come another time come on God wants to use us let's lift our hands to heaven this morning amen as we begin